I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Wait, wait, what? It's it's the real Brian show? No way! Happy Friday! Oh yeah, it's time to unleash your superhero, identify your unique superpowers, be confident in who you are, nerd out on the things that you love, positively impact the world around you, and live life to the fullest. Let's have some fun, you know? End the week right. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. Let's rock it. Yeah, you know, there's nothing like uh, storming a tower. Yeah, storming a castle. On broken glass with bare feet. Walking on broken glass. Wasn't that a Eurythmics song? <laughs> oh, wait, that was Annie Lennox. Never mind. Walking on, walking yeah. on. Wasn't it walking on broken glass, right? Listen to Annie Lennox. Yeah. Come out to yeah. the coast. Have a few laughs. Listen to Annie Lennox. Blow up an elevator. You know, I loved the scene in that where he blows up the elevator. And oh, you know, yeah. I wanted to do that. In fact, Johnny Pistol Shot and I back in college you wanted we were gonna, to blow up an elevator. Yeah, so we were going to have these scenes at the student center where we went to college and all that. And you know, we'd kind of do our thing, and then it would be like the elevator would open, we'd all get in, elevator would close, and then we'd cut to the explosion scene. Up. Yeah, from Die Hard, and then the world blows up. You got to have like an actual explosion of Earth, which probably just use the Alderaan scene from Star Wars because that totally. would be easier. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and then it, you have like a, a Seinfeld bass guitar going like bam, 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 you know and then all of a sudden he's like the <laughs> elevator opens and we pop out like, wow that hey, was what? that was amazingly random I, I pictured the whole thing in my head yeah, just now I know it's like very a very random Oscar award winning movie right there mm, I don't know about Oscars but uh, uh I mean maybe maybe uh, maybe the uh, uh, screen actor screen actors guild award maybe yeah but you'd have like best actor or, or like best supporting actor for a non-leading role is that what it would be something like that no more like a most random skit by two college dudes or like let us give you awards so that you go away and never do something that bad ever again <laughs> something like that yeah here you go i like here it oh there there you go, go oh that's fantastic Just, there you go how you doing there captain i'm good man how you I'm doing good. I'm, I'm just super just fantastic just having a great you know what's funny is I, I was okay. First of all, I just want to say thanks for joining us here on the Roll Brian Show. Like, let me just yeah. let me just say that first. We're excited to be here. It's Friday. I was going back through some old files because you know how we were talking about the computer stuff last week. Yeah, I was doing more research on the whole chip shortage stuff. I mean, we'll see. We'll still see. But everybody's advice is, you know, if you are in need of a computer or if your computer is getting old enough that you you don't want to take your chances, you know, now's the time or, or you know soon. So I've been going through all my old files on my Mac and saying, okay, I've got files from a long time ago that I've saved over the years. You know, I back them all up to my external hard drive and then I back them up to Backblaze because I don't want to have an issue, you know, where you lose your files. So I do a lot of backup stuff. One of the things that I've not done is gone back through and cleaned up files that I no longer need, programs, et cetera, just, you know, things I don't use anymore. So I was going back through all these old files and I was finding all of our old station 514, which was our radio station from about a decade ago already. Holy cow. Right. Yeah. 
all these media. Yeah. 514 media, you know, and I, I had all these, I kept almost everything, which was really fun. So I have all our old station IDs and all the promos we used to do. Cause you know, on a radio station, you have a song and then you have like either a DJ come in or you have a station ID come on. And there right, were some really like, funny ones. Oh my gosh. I was just looking back at all that. And so I was thinking about all the stuff we've done and you know, what we just talked about it right there kind of reminded me of it. I want to do stuff like that here on the show. I've always wanted to, but the thing that keeps holding me back is how do you play a station ID on a podcast? Cause I mean, <laughs> you have to have, you have to have very delineated segments in the podcast to do that. I guess. I mean, yeah. Halfway through you're like, Oh, by the way, you're listening to the real Brian show. Like anyone forgot. I mean, <laughs> wait, what was it's I listening to again? I totally forgot. What's, what's Listen to the yeah. real Brian show. I don't remember what show this is. Oh my gosh. But I found hey. one where we did an entire hick. We've done this on the show here too, but it was like this. Well, Welcome. You know, it was so funny. All the voices we used to do, we got to bring them back, man. Oh, and I found another one that the mad scientist and I did. You remember the mad scientist? He's been on a few times. Yeah, heck yeah. He and I had two personas that we did, and I had forgotten that we had done these. <laughs> we, had the, we had these two guys come on regularly. It was so funny. And I was like, how could I forget that? <laughs> what were they? I'm not allowed to share them until mad scientist is actually on the show with us. Okay, and then okay. we will be introducing those two guys that, again. Cause that's why not? good. That's something to look forward to. Yeah. So get him on. It's not like it's that big of a deal. It's just, you know how you have personas and stuff. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I thought, man, we've been missing out here on the show because we haven't been doing anything like that. <laughs> I can't wait. Here's something interesting. This is the, you thought I might say this is the power of what I was about to say, but it's actually not a power at all. In fact, this is the, the, the detriment, the destruction, the danger Uh of paralysis by analysis. Oh, you got my anxiety up now. Uh Oh, go ahead. It's amazing. You know, you, you say this all the time. We should learn from history. Yes. Well, we we rarely do, right? (laughs) Unfortunately, that's one of the (laughs) hangups of our species. Yes. We rarely learn from history. Yeah. Well, I'm finally learning from history here. Anybody that does anything, whether it's a podcast or, you know, a business or whatever, you have your idea, you jump in, you're all excited. And then, you know, you refine your idea and you learn and you find out what people like and what they don't like. And then you, you modify things like that's just kind of way it works, right? You adapt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I apparently have a tendency of doing is listening to advice a little too much. And that's not a bad thing, but when you're listening to everybody's advice and everybody's opinion and you're taking all of it to heart, some of it's not good and some of it is good. You know, you got to kind of filter that out. Well, and a lot of it will be contradictory. Well, true, right? And, and the other thing, too, that's been difficult for me personally, and I know that there's a lot of, of us that listen to this show, we have multi-passion personalities, lots of interests. We have a diversity of things we're curious about, maybe even a diversity of talents. And so when you start to come in and say, okay, well, this is who I am and society and business experts come back and say, well, no, that's not okay because that won't work or that won't succeed or that won't sell. It's like they're, they're castrating you essentially and saying, you know, you're, you're not a valid personality type for a business world essentially. Well, so looking back at some of my station 514 stuff in the beginning, it was crazy. It was all over. I mean, I played a variety of music rock alternative and hip hop because you know a decade ago that's that's pretty much what you had nowadays you've got 50 different genres within those 
Interesting. We had fun doing that, but it was a variety of that. And everybody would come in and say, you can't do that. You need to play only rock and you need to play the top 40 only, you know, or else you're not going to draw anybody or So you need to separate all of those different variety of genres out into multiple stations. That's what they all said. And so we started to do that because I took the advice and our once very awesome, amazing grassroots radio station, which, you know, the station IDs in the beginning were a crappy mic and garage band and a lot of ridiculous humor. It was funny. It was charming. It was unique. We moved into more professional, you know, hiring somebody to produce it. No longer funny, no longer unique. It sounded cool, but all of a sudden we were a cookie cutter radio station. And I didn't yeah, really like, see? I know this, but when I was going back through my files and I was kind of listening to some stuff to say, what do I need to keep? I went, oh my gosh, I sold out and the station <laughs> and, and the station ended. And the thing is, is like, I'm looking at the same thing I've done here with the real Brian show is that, you know, in the beginning I had this idea and then I had business experts coming to me and saying, no, you can't do that. You need to separate all of these interests out into multiple different podcasts and right. you need to get professionally produced stuff. And I started to go down that path and here I am today and I'm listening to that old stuff with station. I went, I don't want to sell out. <laughs> so okay, we're not then. there yet. No, no, no. So. And, and thankfully we're not there and we're not going there, but I just realized that it's like, you know what? Humor, uniqueness, personal touch, the personality that we deliver. That's what's key. Who cares what the business experts, honestly. And I said this, what I think I said this last week is that I'm convinced that none of us really truly know anything. We think we do. I mean, there are things we know, don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm saying? Like we come in and we're like, I know the answers and this is how you're going to succeed with business. And it's like, you know what? I don't know if anyone really knows that. Do we really You're talking my language, Brian? That's, the principle I live by is that nobody really knows, including myself, especially doesn't really know what we're talking about most of the time. Yeah. So it's just, and you have to approach it that way, you know? Yeah. Give people your experiences and share your stories, but don't act like it's the end all be all on anything. So that's a really good point because nobody can tell me that my experiences were, that didn't happen or they're wrong because they are valid. They happened. They are my experiences, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that experience is for you to take to heart. Maybe it's just a good right. story and that's it. Right. Yep. But sometimes it is like, another oh, data point. I could learn from that. You got to treat things like that as a data point, not as a prescription or yeah. what you need to do. Yeah. So I, I think moving forward is remembering the passion behind what we do. So in my case, remembering the passion behind The Real Brian Show, why I do what we do, reignite that fire a little bit, get that passion back up and have some fun. So that's, that's my goal. Amen, brother. Yeah. Well, learn from the past or learn from history, I guess is probably the way to put it. But, uh, oh, oh dude, speaking of um, something fun here. So I'm drinking the Edson blend tea again, just to warm my voice up. I've, I've been talking a little too much. And so my voice is a little <laughs> tired right now. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> I, I, every time you say I've, I've been talking too much, I just love to chuckle about that. And oh, so, yeah. yeah. Cause you know, you don't, right? <laughs> no, not as much. <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty quiet sometimes. <laughs> you like to talk. It's a good thing. That's no, why you have a show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Grab your favorite drink before you go listen to the real Brian show. Whether you, I mean, not granted, if you're out like jogging or something, don't grab your favorite mug of whatever. You're going to be splashing it all over your play, all over your tracks. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Grab your favorite drink. Join us every Friday for the show. But then here's the thing. We actually want to know what you're drinking. Send a voice message. I don't care an email. I just, just let us know. We want to know what you're drinking because it's so funny. I was talking with Chris 
And Chris was like, you do realize that every time we share what we're drinking, it's kind of a, I mean, it's kind of a really important moment because friends and family, they eat together, they drink together. You know, it's a shared experience. Yeah. And I thought, I never really thought of it that way, but you're right. So whenever we're, we're sitting here with a, a, whatever our favorite drink is, you know, or whatever that is that week, it is cool. It's kind of like, what are you drinking? What did you get? You know, every time you go to a coffee shop, what'd you get? The I got whatever. the double mocha, triple latte with the double cream. Extra farm and extra whip mocha chino. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've talked about Bindle, the coffee shop. They have a, a honey lavender latte, but the way they do it is that it is a lavender infused honey. I like to do it with oat milk because these guys use Oatly, which is a really amazing brand of oat milk. Oatly oat milk? Oh my gosh, they're so good. It gives a really okay. creamy texture. It's amazing. Now, if you're allergic to oats, don't do this, but it's amazing. The other drink that I had is the Crooked Cure All, which I had forgotten all about it, but it's one of the coffee shops here. They actually designed it as a, when you're under the weather, feeling sick or whatever, it's really, really good for that. I just love the flavor. But it is a Bok tea chai, which actually is out of Boulder, Colorado. Oh. Really, really good chai. They brew it fresh here. It's got a kick to it. It's got that cardamom, ginger spice, little black pepper, mm. you know? It's really ginger good. Ginger spice. Oh, yeah. Mm, ginger yeah. spice. She was my favorite spice girl, by there the way. There you go. There you go. What about pepper spice or cardamom spice? They didn't have those, did they? They got booted off the club pretty early before they recorded their first album. Yeah, so you joined. never heard them. They must yeah. have joined in sync or something. So then they also put in a little bit of honey and they also put some cinnamon in. And then here's the kicker. And this is what's weird is they put a, a chamomile tea bag in there. I don't huh. really like chamomile that much because I, I think I mentioned that just recently on the show. But I like chamomile in this blend. For some reason, it is like the perfect combination of flavors. Yeah. You know, it's it, it reminds me. I don't like Jägermeister at all. But when you mix it with Red Bull, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, should I have said that? No, Sorry. I, it, hey, whatever. It's interesting See? how flavors come together. I love this. Uh, Tell us what yours are. Love to hear them. Happy Memorial yeah. Day. Thank you for those of you who are and have been in the service. Thank you for your service. Exactly. Thank you very much. We're not worthy, to be honest. No, really. We went to a, a little resort in Iowa, if you will. Fairly popular one in the state called Honey Creek. Spent a day with my wife's sister's family. But make the long story short, I rode a bicycle again for the first time in a few years. Nice. It's been a while. I mean, I've been exercising, obviously, but I, yeah. I haven't been riding a bike for a long time. And it's it's just fascinating how you your body just remembers how to do it. There's no there's no period of oh, how do I do this? You know, I got to get used to it again. You just get on the bike and go like you have been like you just did it yesterday. That for some reason got my brain wondering on the origins of that conveyance. Why did it take people so long to invent the bicycle? All I knew about the origin of the bicycle was that it was invented in the 19th century. I knew that. But I kept thinking, you know, as I was riding my bike, why? I mean, it's such a simple, easy technology. Why did it take humanity so long up until the last 100, 200 years yeah. to invent that thing? Do you and, have an origin around that coming up? Yeah. So today's origin is about the origin of the bicycle. So, cool. you know, it's funny that you mentioned the bike because I am still riding a bike that I've had now for I don't know, 15 or so years, maybe more. <laughs> I got you there. I got you there. Yeah. My bike, Brian, my <laughs> yeah. bike, I got Christmas of 1988. Oh my gosh. Seriously. It's still okay. a good bike. Okay. Wow. Well, what? It's a mountain bike. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, is it one of those old like uh, diamond backs, you know, that had the pegs it on the back? Di- you know? It's a diamond back brand mountain oh. bike that I got for Christmas in 1988 and I still oh have it. Gosh. It just, 
It needs new tires. Otherwise, it's fine. Is Wait, is Diamondback even around anymore? I don't know if the brand's around anymore. That's a good question. I have not heard of them in years, so I wonder... Did they get bought out? I mean, cause you hear of like Trek and Raleigh and Schwinn right. and you know, there's all kinds of, uh, I don't hear about Diamondback though. That, that bike got me through high school, through college. And That's I, awesome. you know, I've, I've ridden it for yeah, periodically ever since then. So beautiful. One thing I learned about mountain bikes is they're, they're great for mountain biking, but they're really not good for being on the road. They're just oh. <laughs> not efficient at all. You know, it works though. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, I got this amazing bike about 15 or so, or however many years ago, you know, and it was, it's a Raleigh. It's an extra large for, you know, tall people, which is, oh my gosh, like most people fall off the bike because it's so tall. And I love that because with my six, four legs, you know, I need to be able to stretch out and not feel like I'm riding, you know, like a little girl's bike or something. Yep. It's been a beautiful bike. It did really, really well. Well, after that accident in 2014, you know, when that car hit me, that bike has just never really worked the same, but dude, that thing survived. I mean, it was, it's built like a yeah. tank, but it probably weighs, I don't know, 75 pounds. Probably. I mean, it's a heavy, heavy wow, bike. That's it's a heavy bike. Maybe less. I don't know. But you know, the, the wheel on the frame was all messed up. So they had to put a whole new wheel and frame on the front and then ended up having to do a whole new wheel and frame on the back too. And so they they don't match, which is kind of ridiculous. And, and <laughs> Sarah has the same bike that she had based on, you know, the same time I got my bike was right around the same time. I used to like blow her away on a coast. I would have to slow down basically because she would be so far behind me. Yeah. Well, nowadays, I mean, I'm having to pedal to catch up with her going downhill now just because the bike just doesn't work as smoothly as it used to. Uh, And then the weight and everything like that. And so I find myself like, why am I in like, not to mention, I I know I'm not in like the best shape and all that and I'm getting into better shape, but why am I (laughs) consistently exhausted after a short bike ride? And then I was talking to a a couple of different friends about this and they were all saying, you know, that new bikes weigh a lot less than that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're really light and they're a lot more efficient and you know, you, you wouldn't be killing yourself as much. And so I kind of thought maybe I should get a new bike, but because of COVID everybody bought a bike last year. And so there's a bike shortage too. Oh, and I'm like, wow. Okay, well, I guess I'm that's not buying funny. a bike. Good call. Yeah, I never even thought of that, that there would be a bike shortage because everyone's yeah. buying bikes. Interesting. So best thing you so, can yeah. do instead is jam your thumb instead of, and, which I did. You, wait, you did? Which I did. Oh yeah. Man. At that same resort, uh, the same day I was riding a bike, I was tossing a football to my nephew back and forth for about an hour. And, uh, I caught it one time and jammed my thumb and it's still oh sore. Gosh. It is still sore. Oh, that sucks. Did you break Could have it? Could been worse. No, no, just a, just a mild jam. Actually, it's just still okay. sore. Yeah. You know, every time I'd play basketball, I would jam my fingers quite a bit and they could hurt yeah, for days. Basketball. Basketball is playing basketball. When I was a kid is the last time I've jammed any finger. Yeah. So I've broken two fingers playing basketball. Wow. Which sucks. That hurts for a lot longer. That's all I got to say. But uh, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, while we're on it, why don't you share that origin for your bike story? All right. So the origin of the bicycle people, this is from uh, the most succinct origin I found was from a website called todayifoundout.com. So the bicycle was invented all the way back in 1817 in Germany. Baron Karl von Drace needed to get around easier while working in the Royal Gardens and came up with the idea of sitting on a platform with two wheels and propelling himself with his feet. This particular machine was called the Drazine or hobby horse. I've heard the term hobby horse before. Mm-hmm. And about the only thing that it has in common with bikes of today are its two wheels, steering capabilities, and seat. So it didn't have pedals yet. 
Okay. But from these humble origins, the bicycle was born. Incidentally, by the way, Von Drace also invented the first typewriter with a keyboard in 1821. Didn't know that. Hmm. I didn't either. So now there were many different bicycle designs that were tried before the standards of today's concept of two similar sized wheels that was realized as the ideal. The most common of these alternate designs is the penny farthing, quote unquote, uh, bicycle, which a lot of us have seen in old pictures before. It's the yeah. one that has an extremely large front wheel and a tiny little wheel, yeah. and you sit on top of the large wheel. I can't even imagine getting up on that thing, let yeah. alone riding one. I think my bike um, is tall. Holy cow. So it was pedaled directly by the rider. That one did have pedals. Other designs included tricycles with varying wheel diameters and even four-wheeled machines that had wheels that steered in the front and back. As interest picked up surrounding the idea of using a self-propelled vehicle and as manufacturing technology improved, bicycle technology advanced significantly, Mm. obviously. Something more closely resembling bicycles of today first appeared in 1886, so post-U.S. Civil War. John Kemp Stanley's rover safety, quote, bicycle, was the first to incorporate two wheels of the same size with pedals, a drive chain to the back wheel, and pneumatic tires. Cool. The rise of the automobile in America slowed the growth of the bicycle as the conveyance of driving a car largely outweighed riding a bike, but the fad stuck in Europe and people were still using bicycles in races and touring around the countryside. Mm. Cyclotouring in France helped with the invention of, in 1910, of the modern derailleur, Derailleur, as pronounced, mm-hmm. which is the variable ratio gearing system with different size sprockets and a mechanical system to move the chain from one gear to another. Now so that is the time in sprockets, very dance. Sprockets, yeah, I sprockets. thought that too. I started wanting <laughs> my inner deter started coming That's out. That's awesome. So I didn't realize that that whole gear changing apparatus was invented in 1910. I thought that was it's, a much more modern invention. Yeah. Although it still so seems really recent, though, considering that it's such a, I mean, in today's standards, it's a very primitive yeah. contraption. Yeah, exactly. Which, which, which brings me back to that whole, why did it take humanity so long to come up with, I mean, at least the concept of sitting on a frame that is attached to two wheels, and even if you don't have pedals, just sitting on it and then kind of moving yourself along with your feet. Yeah. The whole concept of the human brain balancing on two wheels, which once we learn to do it as children... It literally comes as second nature to us. It's just kind of fascinating to me that it took centuries and centuries after the wheel was invented to invent the bicycle. And then it got pretty outmatched as soon as the automobile came in. Not very much later. Yeah. And you got to realize too, that I think the reason that most people bike today is for exercise or they want to save the environment or they can't afford a car or you know, they have one car to share it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's sure. I don't More feel like a lot of people really bike as a form of transportation only anymore in Europe. They do, but, and, and in Asia they really do. But uh, well, true. Here, so if you, if you don't have a, a lot of room for cars, like in Taiwan, right. hardly anybody owned a car because there was no place to put them. So they either owned right. mopeds or bicycles. But even then I think most people own mopeds back there. But you should go to Amsterdam sometime and check out all the bicycles in that city. It's amazing. But are they doing it because it's healthy? I think they're just doing it because it's it's just something they've always done. And you know, it's somebody from from somebody Dutch should answer this for me. But yeah. So this is pure speculation. But I just always assumed it was a more efficient way of getting around a city that size. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, honestly, even yeah. here with the congestion of traffic that we can have at certain times, it's almost faster to bike places than it is to drive here. And the problem we have in the United States is that we don't have, it's getting better every year, but we don't have quite the infrastructure for a majority of people to bike 
everywhere, True. which would be awesome. Now, Think our of town all the does. We would lose. Holy cow. Our town has more trails and more miles of trails than most towns in the entire United States, actually. In fact, we're, we're known for the bike paths that we have here, which is amazing. But you are correct. Okay. In fact, um, most cities that we go to, it's like, <laughs> where would people bike? There's no place yeah. for them to bike. And here and we have do, all kinds of stuff. Here's a few bonus facts I found on awesome. the same website about bike, bicycles. So most early bicycle designs were made of wood and were very uncomfortable Oof. to ride. Some earned the nickname, quote, the bone shaker. Bone unquote. shaker. That makes sense. I could, I could picture that. Yeah. My parts wouldn't like that, I don't think. No, but it does um, break up kidney stones. <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> you get a kidney stone, the doctor prescribes a bone shaker. <laughs> it's going to suck, but you just ride this for about 10 miles. And- yeah. This next one, the concept of the bicycle was realized as early as 1490 wow. or in the 1490s by one of Leonardo da Vinci's students. One of da Vinci's students figured out the concept of the bicycle, but it was never really realized until, you know, the early 1800s. That's weird. The bicycle pedal was created in 1861. So that was when the first bicycle pedal was used. And then the last one is early racing bikes had two gears, one of one on each side of the rear wheel. If a racer wanted to change gears, they had to stop, remove the rear wheel, flip it over and remount the wheel. Oh, heinous. (laughs) So heinous. Yeah, so they just had to flip over the wheel because each side of the wheel had a different gear set. So yeah, pit stop. There you go. Need to change gears. Oh my gosh! Nowadays it's like push button. You know, flip a yeah, little switch. I love it. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, thank you for that. That's very fascinating. I had no idea either. Yeah, me neither. Cool. Always something to learn. Here's something. You know how much I love music, and I thought, why do I like this fill in the blank song from 1987 or 19 whatever? You know. 1929 Mm -hmm. and I got to thinking (laughs) what if we were to go back through each decade but we're going to start with 2020 and 2021 because we're in that current decade now and basically say here are our personal top five songs from each decade so we're going to start now in 2020 21 and then go backwards all the way probably into the 1940s we probably won't go much past that just because I don't I don't know a whole lot beyond the 40s (laughs) to be completely honest so my I thought, favorite song from the 1865. <laughs> so I thought this would be a lot of fun. Like, why not? Let's go back through this and let's have some fun because here's the thing though. Music. And by the way, I know captain, you've said this to me, you know, off mic is music is obviously very, very personal. We all have our own tastes. We're going to share five songs that probably most of you don't share. You're going to be like, yeah, whatever. Those are nice, but this are my five, you know, and you might yeah. go, Oh, I like that song too. Who knows? The whole point of this is, it's fun. It gets us kind of thinking like, well, what are my top songs from this decade? And you know, the, the nineties or the seventies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also here's the thing for me personally. And I know there are others out there that have the same thing, but I can't speak for everybody is that there are stories and or moments like maybe even life moments where you go, you think back on a specific song and you go, Oh my gosh, like I was, you know, I can see where I was. I can smell it. I can, wherever that yeah. memory leads you. Or maybe there's just a, yeah, or maybe there's a cool story, you know, surrounding that song as to why that song means something to you. I want to share our stories. I really want you to share yours too. Think about your top five songs of the decades as we go through them, because this is going to take, including this week, this is going to take nine weeks. Think about your top five songs. Think about whatever life moments or stories surround those songs and then share them with us, please. Seriously, we'd love to know this. This is, this is where it's really cool because we get to share this together, this experience together. Email us, message us, 
leave us a voice message. I don't care. However you want to get in touch with us, all of the contact information is on the website, realbryanshow.com. Tell us, Captain Influence, your top songs of 2020 and 2021, which I know it's only a couple of <laughs> years, but that's okay. Let's start. Okay, so for me, easier and harder for me personally, because there's only one album by one band in the last two years that I've really liked. I'm so particular about my music. There's one album, and it's by the Chain Gang of 1974, which I've mentioned before. Yeah, they're awesome. The album, the album is called Honeymoon Drips. He's awesome. It's just one dude. Yeah, sorry, um, he is awesome. Oh, yeah. And there are four songs, not five, four on that album that I really like. Number one. No, I'll go f- start from number four to number one. Number okay. four, called Such a Shame. Mm-hmm. Number three, Do You Mind. Number two, YDLMA, as in You Don't Love Me Anymore. Oh. Uh, and number one, 4 a.m. Still Lonely. Yeah, I like that For song. whatever reason, I don't know what it is. That number one, that 4 a.m. Still Lonely song, it just does it for me. I can't, every time I listen to that song, you know how you get the goosebumps yeah. on some songs? Goose pimples. That's one of my goosebumps songs. I don't know why, it yeah. just is. No matter how particular a person is about their music and how you know discerning they are and picky, most of us can relate to that phenomenon where you listen to a certain song. It just gives you like this weird, brief emotional high and mm-hmm. you, you can't explain it. Maybe it comes from nostalgia. Maybe it comes from just how the melody and harmony works together, or maybe it comes from the lyrics or a combination of all those things. Yeah. Those are my four songs. What about you, Brian? You oh. remember that mix that I created on it. I talked about this, I think a year or so ago now, but it was the, um, it was the travel mix, but it was called the music that complements the turbulence. Remember that? No, I don't remember that. Do actually. you not? Oh man. No. It's been a couple of years, I guess, since I talked about that. Okay. I created So the story behind this going along with what you're saying about how powerful music is, there was one flight that I was on. It was a lot of turbulence. And for whatever reason, I was a little nauseated, but part of that <laughs> was like, I don't usually get air sick, thankfully, but for, for whatever reason, I think it was like, I, I had gotten no sleep. I got up at like 3am that day to, to catch the flight. I was like really, really nervous about the upcoming trip because I was doing a conference. I had had no information. They were not prepared. So I was going in to interview all of these people with really nothing to go on. I just remember in that moment, I'm like, oh gosh, turbulence doesn't help. You know, I'm not feeling very good at this moment. I turned on some music and actually a lot of it was like Aurora, Ellie Goulding, Dido, I think was in there. I'm trying to think of all the the different artists. And for whatever reason, as I'm turning this on, I'm realizing that the beats in their music were somehow going somewhat in tandem with the turbulence, which was so weird. And all of a sudden I was at peace. The nausea went away. I feel good. I feel fine. It took me emotionally to a place that actually helped me physically. And so then I created that list that said the the music that complements the turbulence, which was kind of a joke. Yeah. But I was like, but it actually works. Like music actually impacts you. So that is a, a very true statement that you had there is it does something. I, I wish we could find the science behind how music actually affects the brain because that's yeah, fascinating. I'll bet there have been I'll bet there have been many a doctorate thesis on that very subject uh, that that most of us have never seen. Maybe so. you could do a, a quote origin on that, not like the origin of it, but how music affects the brain next week. Mm, I'll think about it or in a couple weeks, depending on how long it takes you to get that. Okay. That could be cool. Everybody knows I'm a multi-passionate person and I have more, more musical interests than 99% of people out there. This was hard, man. I I mean, (laughs) and it's only been two, not even two years. It's been a year and a half and I have had dozens and dozens of favorites over the last two years. I got it down to 21 songs and then I'm like, (laughs) okay, I'm just going to pick five. I mean, these aren't even my top five favorites necessarily as more as I'm just picking five 
but I loved them and there are reasons behind this, but the first one, no particular order, the weekend blinding lights, such a good song. Something about that song really captured, you know, again, that emotional, whatever brain signal. Mm-hmm. And it's got that almost eighties feel to it, which I love. It's just really, really good. Second one is I love this band of monsters and men. They're great for whatever reason. This new song called destroyer is just man. Amazing. It was actually featured in a recent episode of manifest Two, which I was like, Oh, this oh, okay. is great. This is going to be my soundtrack pick as number three, because I haven't heard a lot of soundtracks recently, but I'm a huge fan of Steve Jablonski. He actually apprenticed under Hans Zimmer and he did Uh-oh. the transformer movies. He did the Island. Some of those, those movies in the past that just were like everyone, everyone thought this is Hans Zimmer. This is amazing. Oh no, it's Steve Jablonski. Okay. And it's incredible. Well, you know, the movie bloodshot was not the best movie in the world, but the soundtrack was amazing. And I, I remember saying when, when I reviewed the movie, I was like, this soundtrack <laughs> like totally outperforms the movie. One of the themes in there, and it's called KT, which is a theme around the main female character in that movie called KT. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. I mean, I still, I have that as one of my wake up songs in the morning because it is so good. So powerful. Cool. Just beautiful. Wake up songs. Yeah, well, my alarm, I, I set to wake up to music that I chose okay. through Spotify. So it's really cool. Good idea. Yeah, it's fun. Then, well, yeah, exactly. Then I get to choose what I want to listen to. I just listen to an alarm. Well, see, and that just, that stresses <laughs> me <laughs> out, man. Yeah. Or the one that's like, <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't do the <laughs> alarm. Yeah, I hate those. Oh my gosh. Uh, those used to scare me and then I would hate my day. So I decided to wake up to music I loved and you know, life's that's better. Awesome. It's great. Yeah. The fourth idea. one here I'm, sh- I'm choosing for its sheer uniqueness. It's also awesome, but it's remember the who H U the band that, uh, the Mongolian throat singers. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Wolf uh, Totem. And, and not, not to be mixed up with the who. Yeah. As in like you know. pinball wizard. No, the who yeah. from Mongolia. I love these guys. It's just so unique that I'm like, all right, here you go. Wolf Totem. That's my fourth song. And then my, my fifth one is Ellie Gould. I just love Ellie Goulding. So Ellie Goulding, Love I'm Given, that came out this last year and it was just awesome. Boom. This is going to get a lot harder for both of us to go decade by decade from now on. This was just yeah. the first two years. For me, it was very easy because I was more limited in my selection, but it's going to be a nightmare for you, Brian, and I want oh you to gosh. have fun with it. Yeah, I started working on my 2010 to 2019 decade mix next. <laughs> I think I'm down to like 62 songs. <laughs> I gotta come down to five. I'm like, this isn't even just, fair. You can list all 62 in the show notes if you want, if anyone's interested. But you just yeah. get just pick five like they like you just did and and run with them. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to put these nine songs since you had four this time. Uh, normally we'll have ten, but I'm gonna put these nine songs in a Spotify mix, which I will make public. It's going to be called TRBS Top 2020 to 2021. This will be live and in the show notes this week. Of course, it will have our nine songs that we picked. And then for next week, I'll do another one that will be TRBS top 2010 to 2019. And again, these are our picks. There's a story behind them. That's great. We know you're going to have different songs. We would love to truly hear what your songs are because I'm just curious. Like I love music so much. I love to hear what other people are listening to. It excites me. It's exciting for me to hear what other people are doing. And so, you know, share it, please. And with you, especially because you like so much variety of music that if somebody else says, hey, I really like these guys and you'll listen to them, they like, I really like these guys, too. Yeah, I had so no idea. You especially would glean a lot of new music out of that. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Please share it with us. Realbrianshow.com slash 283 is this week's show notes. That'll be fun. But yeah, we'll keep going on this and uh, we're going to really get time with this one. 
there is a couple that is running around to various target stores. Here's the story really quickly. When they had their first kid, they were kind of like, oh my gosh, this is expensive. We had no idea. (laughs) Help. It looks like they're on their third kid now. So they understand they're in a better place financially now. And they realize that especially with everything that's happened over this last year with the pandemic, there are a lot of people on hard times right now. And so these two people, this couple is running around and secretly stuffing money into various baby item supplies at target stores. So like diaper boxes, formula canister, like under formula canister lids, actually stuff like that. And they had a video on Instagram and I was watching it and they're literally running around and they're like opening the lid and they're stuffing in like a couple of twenties or whatever. And, you know, closing it and then they're, they're stuffing stuff into the diaper box and stuff. And so when somebody actually buys it and they open it up, it's going to be money in there for them. And they're just like, we just want to help them out. We want to give back and we're going to continue to do this ongoing over and over as much as we can. How awesome. You guys are superheroes. (laughs) I wonder if they are, or they should include a little, a little miniature letter with the money saying, Hey, this isn't an accident. You don't have to return this to the store. If you're so inclined. Yeah. This is honestly yours to keep signed anonymous or something like that. You know, just, just to, cause there are some people I, I, I myself included, if I found money stuck in an item at the store, I'm sorry, I can't help it. I'd go back to the store and say, Hey, I found this in this item. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Just explain what you're doing in the little letter. That would be awesome. Yeah. Maybe they're doing a little pre-printed thing. That's kind of like clipped to the money or something like that. And it just kind of says, you know, Hey, this, this is not a, an accident. This is for you. Be blessed. Something like that, you know? Yeah. Pay it forward. Yeah. Pay it forward. Oh yeah. So awesome. (laughs) I love this. Like I am, I just love hearing stories like this because it is a reminder that there are superheroes out there doing incredible things. No, they don't wear capes. No, they don't have superhuman strength. They are paying it forward, leaving money. Who knows? Maybe the person that buys it is, is well off and rich and they don't need the money. Who knows? Right. But you never know. You might find that one person that's in that really tough moment. They open it up and it's just like, what? I needed this. Amazing. Totally. All right. So not a lot on the honk list today, but I wanted to share that I finished Woo Assassins and Ah. it was really, really good. Interestingly, though, the last 20 minutes of the final episode was kind of weird and it was really slow and I'm not entirely sure. It's almost like they ran out of ideas, but they had to fill 42 minutes or something. Uh, I don't know. But then the very end, it left on a cliffhanger and I was like, Wait, I thought this was a one season run because it didn't have any future seasons at all, but maybe they're doing a second season. I don't know. Still good. They're giving themselves that option. Now, here's the exciting thing, because, you know, for those of you who have watched the animated Star Wars shows like the Clone Wars and Rebels and all that Clone Wars came back with the season seven last year and they had ended on season. Well, the story truly ended on season five, which was back in 2013. And then they did what they called the lost missions or something like that as a season six um, in 2014. But then that was it. I mean, they were kind of like at the end of season five, they were like, that's that's the season or the series finale. And then here they are, you know, six years later saying, hey, here's a season seven, which also leads in. There's an episode called The Bad Batch, which leads into the new Star Wars animated series called The Bad Batch. And I'm really excited mm. to, to get into this. And to be completely honest, I am not, as you know, a huge fan of animated stuff anymore. But these particular Star Wars offshoots, Rebels and Clone Wars, have been so good. The story behind them have been better than most of the movies. 
Yeah, I believe it. The fact that, you know, season seven of Clone Wars is out and now the Bad Batch is currently airing. It's like, I, I got to get into this. I'm, I'm ready. So I'm hugely excited to see what's going on. Anyway. Speaking of Star Wars, I finally finished Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Good for you. Which I, I installed well over a year ago now. <laughs> I still haven't finished it. So, oh my gosh, there's some incredible story in that game. And then there is some very slow optional kind of go around and I, we mentioned this where you can go and just get a bunch of random secrets and stuff as the game goes on. However, though, the story gets better and better and more intense and more epic. That last mission was just phenomenal. Holy cow. I was just going, oh, this made like just this mission alone made the game worth it. Even though uh, I, mean, I loved so much of the rest of the game, too. It was just such a good game. And I almost this is weird. I don't do this hardly at all. Actually, I almost wanted to go back and replay it right away because really I, well, I enjoyed it so much. That's awesome. Yeah. Good story. That's great. Good. great job. I, I, I need to pick it up again. I just it's just so much to do, dude. And and by the way, Burning Crusade just came out again on World of Warcraft yeah. Classic. And we're playing. That's, that's basically my focus right now. Very exciting, though, and I'm, I mentioned this last week that I'm having so much fun doing this. We're immersing in the story. I've never played World of Warcraft like this, and even though the game is, what, 16, 17 years old now, technically, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter. There's something about this game that I'm enjoying now going through the actual story and just kind of really getting into the actual story and lore of the of the game the way it was meant to be and understanding why this leads into the next stuff, seeing basically everything because, you know, the old style... It's slow, so you really get to see all of the different zones versus if you play current WoW, you skip all the zones just to get to the it, high level. So it's not shoves as... You into, yeah, it just shoves you through the game, basically. Um, yeah, so I appreciate that. And yeah, then also, uh, I'm finally ready to start Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which I know you started. Awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, I started it, and then I got hung up because I'm playing WoW again. So <laughs> I, I'll get back it's to it. It's all right. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's worth getting back to. So polygamous gaming. I know. Yeah. You don't want to be a monogamous gamer. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I was. Oh, it sounds so terrible, but it's awesome. One at a time. Yeah, right? I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Thanks for joining us this week. We uh, hope you enjoyed that. And again, we want to hear what you're drinking. We want to hear what you're listening to. What's on your top five for each decade. Start with this decade. We'll work our way back. And as I've mentioned before, you can go to the Real Brian Show's website at realbrianshow.com or this particular episode, realbrianshow.com slash 283. You can also scroll down, you know, in your actual app, whatever you're listening to the podcast with and scroll down and email us, message us. I don't care. Send us a voice message. I, please tell us. We'd love to hear from you. Please. Well, Captain. Yes, Brian. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. When I decide to jump off a skyscraper, you can blame Bruce Willis. He makes it look so easy. You know what the music means. I do. I, you know what? Do we do any of us really know what the music means? Yeah, I was going to say, I can't, I can't honestly answer that. No, I don't know what the music means, Brian. Sorry. Okay. Well, like we said at the beginning of the show, be confident and you'll act like you know everything. That'll be awesome. All right. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. Real Brian Show is signing off. yippee ki yay The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.